This is episode 34 of Kicker and the Waterboy, and we have one question. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of the greatest athletes of all time? Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 34. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you all had a, a wonderful week. Mm-hmm. He is Evan the Kicker, I am Ryan the Waterboy, and we're coming to you a little bit later in the week. Uh, it was a pretty busy school week, but we are here now from a very rainy and wet Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, honestly a, a fair amount of stuff that happened this past week um, in the world of sports. So we're going to be doing our quarterback carousel episode um, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the Super Bowl, shall we? Yeah, yeah. First things first, uh, let's talk about you know, the score, the results, the Bucks won 31-9, to and both the four X-Factors made an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our preview episode, I predicted that the uh, Kansas City offensive line would be pretty impactful. Evan predicted the uh, defense of the Bucks, specifically their secondary, would have a, you know, major impact. And let's start with the defense. How were they able to completely shut down that Chiefs offense? I mean, just as a viewer, it felt like Mahomes was running for his life on every play almost. So i say it was honestly more the, the D-line than the secondary, really. Shock uh, Barrett, Vitavea, uh, Sue, and company. They, they made life difficult for Mahomes, and I think that made a big difference. Mm-hmm. I'd agree that the front line had a factor, but I'd also say that your, uh, your point about the secondary, that was good. Um. Like, Mahomes was running around a bunch, but, like, he was able to get open. But the problem was there was no one to throw the ball to. Um, it's just great coverage from the uh, from the safeties, the cornerbacks. Uh, so, your X factor, it was a pretty good prediction. Well, thank you. So, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs offensive line play and, uh, you know, Mahomes having to run all over the, the backfield? It, it wasn't good, if I'm being just straight up. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Panthers' offensive line in Super Bowl 50. They, they weren't able to protect Cam Newton at all, and uh, the, the Broncos just ran right through them. It seemed to be a similar case here in Tampa Bay. Like There's like understandably going to be some fall-off when Eric Fisher, the left tackle, goes out, but... Um, yeah, Mahomes, he had to run all over the backfield. There was one screenshot of two Chiefs offensive linemen blocking themselves. So that was sort of fitting, honestly, a fitting depiction of that game. <laughs> yeah, that, after the game, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Bruce uh, Arians thanked his mom. A really cool move on his part, and uh, my respect for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh I believe she was there. She's 95 years old, and I'm pretty sure that she's been, like, vaccinated and stuff. So so that was good. It's a good, you know, PR move on behalf of the NFL. But also it's really nice that that's the first person that Bruce Arians thought of. So really cool stuff. For sure. Yeah, honestly, I think this game also spoke to how good the Kansas City offense was. That At least it kept me watching the entire game because – uh, I was happy on they'd come back at some point. I agree. Like their offense, it's just been so good all year. They've been able to turn it on in bursts, and I didn't 
rule the game like completely out until they turned it over like on that fourth and goal and stuff. So they're just really good. And how much do you think we'd be talking about Patrick Mahomes if his receivers had caught some of those crazy throws, like one where he was parallel to the ground when he threw it? Like, man. Yeah, I think that one hit a receiver like on the helmet. And it's like, oh man, wow, what a throw. I think we'd be talking about Mahomes a lot more, honestly, if his receivers caught some of those. Because um, they probably would have been lots of times first downs and kept drives moving and would have made it a much closer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like TikTok at all, the app. But there was a, there was a really funny one of just... Uh, Patrick Mahomes running around, making crazy throws, and then it cut to, like, the ball hitting receivers in the head, the hands, and dropping it. So I still don't like TikTok, but that, that was a pretty funny video. But, uh, but, yeah, we'd be talking about Mahomes so much more. Um, I'm not sure how much of a pass he's going to get in terms of history when uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl blowout, but I would say that the loss was not on him. Yeah, I agree. It, it mostly wasn't on him. I think it might um, come down. It might, might be kind of unfortunate to his record later on because, you know, Super Bowls, Tom Brady lost or kind of by the skin of his teeth, really. They're nail biters. And, uh, the ones against Eli Manning were close. And then against the Eagles, that was close. And the guy threw for like 500 yards or something crazy like that. Um, but yeah, I agree that the boss is not on those at all. What do you think, though, of the Chiefs' decision to call timeout on the Bucks starting to play before the half? So with hindsight, that call probably lost them the game. Uh, the Buccaneers, they um, they were up 14-6 to at the time, and <clears throat> they just, um, on that play, they threw it deep. They got a pass interference call, and that really set up their touchdown that made it 21 to 6 before halftime. I think I would have made the call as well to take a timeout and hope that the defense gets a stop because at that point in the game they had been able to stop the Buccaneers a couple of times on third down. But uh looking back at it that uh that timeout call probably lost them the game there. Yeah, I mean I basically agree with everything you said. I think <clears throat> going to have after giving up those points that that really hurt mm-hmm. so uh, we've talked about the Chiefs and a little bit about the Bucks defense but let's talk about their offense they could not be stopped like from about the five minute mark in the first quarter on just what are your thoughts on the uh, the team in general yeah I mean their offense was firing all cylinders you know all the touchdowns were Brady acquisitions, Kronk scored a couple, Antonio Brown scored one, Leonard Fournette also scored one. I kind of had a funny feeling before the game, Kronk might kind of start balling. Because, <laughs> you know, he's, a, they play, he's played with Brady for years, and they know each other well. And on the biggest stage, I think you're more likely to, to go with someone you know well a lot, just as that, that comfort basically I guess I don't know I've never played quarterback in the Super Bowl <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I was impressed with the Bucks offense they seemed to be getting better as the season went on having no offseason really because of the pandemic hurt but um, 
yeah, they they performed when it counted most. Mm -hmm. You mentioned all the new acquisitions that scored all the touchdowns. Like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can't think of more than one Mike Evans reception or Chris Godwin reception, the weapons that were already there in Tampa Bay. So it's just really crazy how Tampa Bay got all of these people to come and play for them. And in their very first season in the uh, in their colors, they lead them to a Super Bowl victory. Really impressive. Yep. Brady the GM strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think home field advantage played a factor in this game? I wouldn't say too much. Um, like near the end of the game, you could hear like the Tampa Bay chants and stuff. <laughs> which, a side note, I, I feel like that's not really a great chant. It's just... It, kind of slow I guess it's not yeah. it doesn't like get you hype in my opinion you're just saying the name of your team it's not even the name of your city but uh in any case I didn't think that there was too big of a factor there the noise wasn't really loud on third downs and stuff like that so obviously this is a weird year and it's hard to judge but I don't think that this will make the NFL you know move the Super Bowl if it's in a host, if the uh, host city is playing in the game, I don't think they'll have to move it. Yeah. First, though, don't we do the same uh, same chant with game and Cox at our football games? We do, but I I don't know. I feel like just Bay is a weird thing to end, <laughs> a, end a chant on, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, home field advantage could have hurt them. But I agree that it wasn't a huge factor, just uh, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about game. I guess everyone does that chant, but I don't know. There's something about the Tampa Bay chant that I don't really like. All right, so we'll move on uh, to some of the other factors in the game. Uh, what were your thoughts on the officiating in the uh, in Super Bowl 55? My thoughts were, you know, there weren't any like awful calls or non-calls, so I have no complaints. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I mean, maybe, like, if you're looking at the penalties called and yards given up, it definitely favors the Buccaneers, but there weren't any glaring misses or anything like that. I'd say, like like you, I'd say it was fair enough in the end. Yeah. What about the halftime show? How do you think the weekend did? I thought he did okay. Like, um... Someone said that it was a, uh, like in an article, it was an unforgettable performance. Uh, I would say, in my opinion, that it was somewhat forgettable. Not bad and not like really good, just nice average. And especially considering that they couldn't, you know, use a stage on the field and, you know, bring fans in to have a, uh, like a concert vibe there. I thought it, it was good. Nothing great, nothing terrible. The only thing I'm disappointed in is that they didn't use the uh, pirate ship as a prop somehow. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a, a cool prop if they were able to use that. Um, I agree. I mean, it was way better than last year's, but the, um, I, I was I didn't I wasn't blown away. I guess he did a very nice job, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing bad about the performance at all. Yeah. Um, so, uh, any thoughts on Jim Nance and Tony Romo, uh, their commentary on television? I mean, I really like Tony Romo as a commentator. I think his insights um, into what the different quarterbacks are seeing from different formations and how this guy was able to get you know get through the line or something. I, I kind of like that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. I thought the commentary did a good job. Yeah. Do you think that there's a uh, such a thing as the Romo curse? Because he's called two Super Bowls. Super Bowl 53, which was the um, Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, which was kind of slow. And then this one, which was a blowout. Do you think that he's just a, uh, a jinx when it comes to the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, maybe. I mean, I like the fake knock because he's a good, uh, good commentator, but that is kind of funny that they're kind of coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably my favorite uh, color commentary analyst on TV. Um, on the radio side, though, Kevin Harlan, he was on the call, and he, he's phenomenal. And there was this clip of him calling when the streaker ran out on the field. It was amazing. I, I would recommend looking it up. I, I laughed so hard. Because, like, I, I found the video when I was going to sleep and stuff, and then I just started laughing. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin Harlan's good. Hopefully he gets to call it on TV one day. Mm, yeah, hopefully. And then, uh, last, and not really last, but what was your favorite commercial uh, from Super Bowl 55? Uh, I'm a geography guy, so I liked uh, Will Ferrell and his fight against uh, Norway and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. I liked that. <laughs> uh, I believe it was for GM, but... He was in there. I think Keenan Thompson was in there. I like him a lot, too. So I'd say that was my favorite. Um, honestly, I didn't pay super close attention to all the commercials this year. But I remember one where, like, Matthew McConaughey was too dandy for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was an interesting image. So I'll probably pick that one. Mm-hmm. So let's close the book on this Super Bowl 55 with this final question. Which team, the Buccaneers or the Chiefs, is better poised to return to Super Bowl 56 next year in L.A.? Oh, man. I have to go with the Bucs. Yeah, I'll go with the Bucs. Both of them are, I'd say, very well poised to return next year, but um, the Packers haven't made any big offseason splashes yet. Um, the Saints, we don't really know who's going to be playing quarterback. The Rams, they might be tough, um, but I, I think I think the Bucks will have a good chance to make it. Feel like the Bills and they will get better and present more of a challenge to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go with the Chiefs because I feel like a lot of their core is going to stay intact. You got Mahomes locked up for another ten years. That's crazy, but. Uh, <laughs> But you have him, Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey, plus the defense, which now now that we realize that may not be a good thing that they have their defense locked up. But uh, but you mentioned a lot of good points. The AFC, it's going to get a lot tougher. The NFC looks like it's lightening up. So maybe it will be the Bucks. I'm going to stand by the Chiefs, but standing by the Chiefs is what lost me my prediction for this game. <laughs>